Today, we are sharing part one of a two-part conversation with author Kat Barron. Kat is a healer, a teacher, a coach, one of my favorite people to talk with about authenticity. You can learn more about Kat at holdyourselfsacred.com. And speaking of authenticity, I'm actually going to drop us in about 10 minutes before we had officially started recording. I think you'll hear me mention that somewhere in the podcast. And I just love the conversation so much, I thought it was worth sharing. To contact myself or Lori, you can reach us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And this this is Spirit Spirit Road. perfect you know not being perfect but let that stop you from you can always offer your kindness and compassion at the very least and your vulnerability is a gift too you know when you're not when you're not feeling like the self that you want to portray to the world you can still that actually sharing that can be a huge gift to people who because most of us aren't going around feeling perfect (laughs) right and that might be the best time to share is when you're in that space and not yeah. at your best. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of us, especially if we consider ourselves like spiritual leaders or teachers or healers, you know, I have this quote unquote Id- identity as a quote unquote healer. So there, there can be like this misguided notion in myself that that means I have to have everything together all the time. Because yeah. if I'm a healer, then I have to have the answers. And healers don't have the answers. Healers hold space for people to find their own answers, for one thing. And then on top of that, you don't have to be, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be like an expert, quote unquote, expert. Like we have so many levels of expertise and so many kinds of trainings and certifications. And it's like, are you following your heart? Are you following your guidance? You have certifications on how to do something that somebody else has mastered their their own way of doing it, but is that your way? You know, like so I question that too, but it's like of course we have our own experience and our own background and training, whatever that may be. But even if we have none, mm-hmm. we can still channel through our heart. We can still touch people's lives we can still be kind and nurturing to people i mean so many people never feel seen never feel heard never feel listened to like Mm -hmm. so many people don't feel like somebody holds them in their heart and if you can just open your heart to somebody and just be human with them for a minute maybe that's the gift of when you're not feeling so great and you're feeling vulnerable is that your heart opens more But a lot of us try to hide that. So we hide that gift of vulnerability because we think we're supposed to live up to a certain standard. And 
if we are feeling not up to that standard, then we tend to hide. Well, and I think culturally, we're given that message over and over. Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you cry. You know, that put on that that armor so that you won't be hurt. And so it negates that whole ability to be vulnerable and to allow that. We're, at least I was definitely raised to never show vulnerability. And our definitions of what makes an expert. It's yeah. too reliant on the you know everything or that you've studied X amount of years or that you have all these skills. It's like, that's not what's, there's a lot of experts who don't know anything. Right. Don't know how to treat human beings. Right. A lot of experts. And so like, yeah, that's something I think about a lot. Yeah. I think it's interesting too. Like so many times I hear people who are practitioners sharing the story of, how when people come to them, it is a reflection of stuff that they're dealing with. Like, it's like the right people come at the right time and it becomes this kind of, it's not just a healing for the person that's coming to see the practitioner. It's also a healing for the practitioner themselves. And this, this becomes this universal interaction where the healing happens somewhere in the space between um, even, you know, even thinking in Reiki, how often it's the experience of the practitioner that just the process of holding space for someone else and facilitating that Energy is healing and working in in them at the same time. Yeah, and there's there's something to that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, I I think that's an important point. And like, as you're going through things and you're figuring out a way forward for yourself, you can bring people along with you. You don't mm-hmm. have to get to the end destination, like to the highest pinnacle, in order to benefit somebody. You you can take them right along with you. They're going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like in my life, my screen, you know, they say your, your mess ups are your message, your message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so like, I feel like all my little messes that are constantly happening, I'm learning stuff all the time. And sometimes I'm learning the same thing over and over again. And I'm not sure why that happens, except I think we just do that, you know, at a higher level. It's just the, mm-hmm. the learning thing spirals up. And I also think that a lot of the times when I have epiphanies, I really believe those are like channeled through me. Like I have them when I'm writing my journal and they're not from me. And if I don't, as a human being, review them, I forget. So I have journals where two years ago I wrote this great epiphany I had. And then two years later, I write the same thing. Like I've never heard of it before. (laughs) which is like you wrote you know and yeah thank goodness that spirit is very patient and keeps giving us those messages over and over so we have multiple opportunities to finally get it and pay attention yeah spirit is patient sometimes but sometimes the messages get louder and meaner oh sometimes they can yes definitely escalate a bit yes yeah um I had one time where I got pushed, like literally pushed and broke both my arms. And it was like, you need to pay more attention. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And please don't ever do that again. (laughs) Please don't break my arms again. Serious. Yeah. Grief. It hits up against my ego to even ask this question because I'm afraid of what it's going to sound like and bringing this up. But like, have you had, either one of you had this experience of, Say you're working with someone and you start sharing 
knowledge or expertise and uh, thinking of these channeled messages and then become observational about, wow, what is this that I'm sharing? Where is this coming from? Like almost being super affected by your your own words, if that makes sense. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. I think it's like you get out of the way and you let spirit come through. And then even you as the human are like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. And I wonder, I hope I remember that. <laughs> I guess I, I want to apply that to my life too. Exactly. And it's one of the ways for, for me personally with mind and ego to really perceive that I'm not just making this up. It really is coming through me because it will also be thoughts that I wouldn't have or don't know or languaging that I don't use, words that I would never have used. And so then I'm paying attention and like hoping I remember this because this is good. I had a text interaction once where someone had asked for advice on something and and I had all of this stuff come through me. Like it felt, it truly felt channeled. Like it didn't feel like it was for me. But what was interesting is my ego in the midst of that. So I, I shared all of this stuff that was coming to me. And then I ended it with saying, but but don't, don't listen to me. I'm not really sure what I'm talking about. Sorry about that. I hope this is okay. And then more stuff came through, whole other <laughs> bit of it. And then I did it again. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just keep rambling about this. Like I kept trying to minimize these things because when my ego got involved, it's like, who are you to be offering guidance on these things that you're struggling with so much? So it's that imposter syndrome, I guess, that came up. And if I could have just let it, I don't know, if there was another way I could have framed it, maybe it wouldn't have affected me as much. But um but yeah, I would go back and read it. And I was like, where did this come from? I don't, it's like I, I did in those moments, even unintentionally got out of my own way long enough to let something come through. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spirit's good at that. Mm. And how can we not go into that human denial of what's coming through us? Like, how can we stay balanced in our center and grounded and not be like, going into some sort of shame spiral or vulnerability hangover or something like that when we have been what you're talking to me basically is you were in your greatness you were allowing the light to come through you Mm. and when we stand in that greatness or when we allow the light to really come through us how can we keep our ego from jumping in and going you don't know so much well who do you think you are like what my question is, how do we become impervious to that and just let our light shine? Yeah, and, and I stop almost feel, apologizing. I feel like in the moment, like the answer that's coming to me is like conversations like this. Like there mm-hmm. is there is this balance of humility, but also like this recognition of a higher self or messages from source or being able to channel greater wisdom or collective wisdom, whatever it is, is like in acknowledging that it's a little bit more permissive to say, even to celebrate it like look like did you hear that look at me i'm in the flow it's like join me <laughs> you know I, like like to uh, to maybe not take as much ownership of things but really just kind of acknowledge that this is something that happens when we can be open and to celebrate it as opposed to want to slap our name on the end of it or something mm, um, yeah yeah cuz even just in acknowledging that those things happen and hearing other people acknowledge that happens for them too 
is a little bit for me it feels more permissive to to be able to say oh okay maybe it is okay that things come through me and, okay uh, it's wonderful yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never an accident. It's always guided. Something's coming through you. It's meant for the person and probably for you that needs to hear it. Because sometimes I think the best messages are just like that. You're having a conversation and suddenly something shifts and this incredible information gets dropped and you're like, whoa, who said that? You know, but it was exactly what everybody in that moment needed to hear perhaps. And that happens a lot in conversations, I think, when we allow it. This is a good pause right here, actually. Like, I feel like we're already, like we may have just recorded a podcast or even if you folks felt comfortable, we could share some of this on YouTube or something. But I also want to like, all of these topics that you brought up are so great. Like, I mean, any one of them for me feels really interesting. I'm curious what resonates for the both of you, maybe we can just pick one and dive in. What do you think? You know, I think the last one, the last topic that you're always worthy of giving and receiving would be a continuation of what we're already talking about right now. Okay. Because essentially what you're saying is that when the messages come through you, you have moments of feeling not worthy of conveying mm. the messages. Oh, and that reminds me, there is... I wanted to tell you the story. It's related. Um, I have a, a very dear friend um, many years ago said to me, because I I we would exchange emails, and he pointed out that whenever I would send an email, I would have a bunch of disclaimers, like, please don't be offended, or, you know, it was just basically treat me gently. I'm about to be really authentic with you, and don't don't take offense and if it's too much let me know and you know it was just like I was always trying to curb myself to be not too much or to be pleasing or something like that and he's like can you just talk to me without a list of disclaimers and it got me thinking about how I create walls around myself with disclaimers like I surround myself with disclaimers so that I'm always ready to press a button that says, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to offend you. Don't be mad that I just gave you that message. Don't think that I'm, you know, arrogant for sharing the message that came through with me, you know, or like, don't think I'm a bad person because I feel this, you know, I expressed this, whatever I expressed. And it's like, can you just have space for being who you are? And can you, not prejudge yourself, not pre-protect yourself from judgment, and not speak against yourself, which is another habit I have of saying things like, if you don't want to do it, it's okay with me, instead of just saying what I'd like to do and letting the other person sort it out for themselves and give me their own yes or no without me like cushioning the way for them to say no because I don't want them to feel bad about saying no to me. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want the situation to become uncomfortable. And because of that, I make them have an easy out so that they're not uncomfortable. But the reality is, it's so that I'm not uncomfortable with their discomfort. So I'm having to learn to just ask for what I want or say what I feel or, you know, whatever, express myself and then shut up and not say, 
oh, don't feel bad if you don't, <laughs> you don't like me anymore or whatever. Yeah. And, and hearing all that, there's there's multiple things going on for me. Like one is that it is a defense mechanism, like you're kind of preparing for rejection or whatever it is. Like even like with music, I often would find myself putting out the disclaimer of like, well, I want to share this song with you, but it's really not done yet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it probably was, but I was leaving that opening. So if for some reason they didn't like it, I could say, well, yeah, of course it's not done. That's and. And then I can go back and try and make it what I think they want to hear, as opposed to just letting it be like an expression of who I am. Um, I'm 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 preparing myself to deal with rejection. Yeah. Yeah. That's when such I... a lovely insight into you, Tim. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. For me, Tim, as you were talking, it's like, oh yeah. For me, it's all about self protection. Exactly mm-hmm. what you guys were saying about not feeling that rejection, kind of doing it first before someone else can do it. And then it it somehow makes me feel better, which is right. ridiculous. <laughs> but- yeah. And the, the second part for me too is um, just this desire, like you were saying, Kat, to own other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that really resonates for me. I don't want someone, I'm going to do a vulnerable share and tell you something that feels very personal and close to me but I don't want you to be uncomfortable with that. So I'm going to put all of these, I, yeah, give, giving people an out by, or, or, or assuming I know how they will react. And so I'm, I'm reacting to something that they haven't even heard yet and trying to mitigate the damage when I haven't even said it, <laughs> when it's not even in the room yet and just kind of anticipating and owning other people's experiences. And I guess, you know, the question for that is like, well, how, what do you do to stop those kinds of things? I think it's a choice. I think you you create awareness, first of all, that you're doing it. When you mm-hmm. see yourself doing it, stop. And just own who you are. Just plunk yourself down. Just be like, this is what I created and I love this. This is what I'm feeling. And this is me in this moment. And like... If you're going to judge me and that this may be a whole nother defense, but it's my, the thing I'm sliding into. If you're going to judge me for who I am, go ahead. That's not my problem. What you think of me is none of my business. Terry Cole Redeker wrote a book that called that. What you think of me is none of my business. And I read it, I think as a teenager. Um, And it's something I've been working on my whole life is to stop trying to curate other people's experience of me and not their feelings toward me. Like when you were talking about your music, Tim, and how you could adjust it so somebody would like it. What if you didn't do that? What if you just created it so you love it and it's alive in you and then you put it out in the world just like it is. And if people don't like it, so what? It's not about that. Right. It's about your creation. You know, what comes up for me in hearing that too, and this has been present in a lot of conversations for me lately, is this idea of negative bias or um, that idea that if I say I put a song out there and nine people like it or comment on it and say, this is great. And the 10th person says, what a piece of junk this is. Um, it's that 10th person. It's that 10% of my hundred, you know, 90% is positive and it's that 10% that's going to dictate how I move forward and what I think and fixate on. 
and and that there's some kind of on some level a biological aspect to that in that we are still wired to perceive and look for danger in our environment and so when those things come up it's like it's 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 um a protection mechanism too it's like it's the fight or flight thing in action and but yeah recognizing in our our modern day world not to say there aren't dangers to be aware of but that a majority of the things that we react to in that way with that negative bias are not things that really present any real kind of physical danger but we're reacting them to them in the same way we would as if it was the lion in the wind or in the breeze as the expression goes i guess so yeah and realistically speaking if you've got nine people on your side and one against you you're protected mm-hmm. <laughs> like sure but even yeah. if even if you only had one person that liked it, I mean, and you know, one person makes a huge difference and mm-hmm. you feel like you're not alone. It makes such a huge difference. And I feel like that's a whole nother reason to let people know. I appreciate you. Or I like this about, you, you know, like so often we feel things and think things and just hold them inside. Like when we see the beauty in other people and we think, ah. Oh, they won't care what I think. Yes, they will. And they need your positive messages. They need that reinforcement because you might be the only person telling them, hey, I saw your post this morning and it was so inspiring. I loved it. That Mm. keeps them going. And then they keep touching other people. So like every kindness we extend is a a way it, it goes out into the world. It's a ripple, you know? And so it's important. You know, so many of us, I know, for a lot of my life, I felt like who would care about my opinion or or my love for that matter. I didn't like when I loved somebody, I wasn't sure that my love would be, you know, even welcome or or they'd care. So I would just like I wouldn't be like, Oh, I love you, you're so great. You know, just as a friend, even. And really now that I'm older, I, I can't think of anybody that wouldn't be happily impacted by messages like that. And if they aren't don't take it personally because it's not about you, right. <laughs> which is a whole nother topic. But um, the one other thing I wanted to say is we need to be our own compass. We need to have our own true north inside, our own values that we're so deeply connected with that when people say stuff, the, the negative stuff, it doesn't shake us off our center. Like a lot of us can be like one comment and, and we're gone. We're like beside ourselves. We're outside. We're not embodied in our own body anymore. We have to struggle to get back grounded and centered in who we are. And if we can just really deeply connect, there's this there's this guy on Instagram. He's called a, a soul called Joel, and he puts his hand on his heart every day and closes his eyes and he says, "Hello, beautiful soul. How's your heart?" And then he just sits there for a minute. And then he like delivers a message from spirit, but it's the mm-hmm. most beautiful thing to just connect with your heart like that, put your hand on your heart, how's your heart and just feel into you. It's, it's incredible. And then if you put your other hand on your belly and just feel the energy there and like, you feel your connection to spirit and your own inner compass that can guide you in your life and stop all those little negative voices that pull you out whether they're coming from inside or outside, because they, you know, both. So, yeah. So in the moment when you have that reaction, somebody has said something negative to you, how do you 
center again? I think by putting your hand on your heart and your belly, your hands. And like you that breathe. would be one way. Yeah. You breathe, you connect to, okay, that's, you know, and then coach yourself through it. That's their opinion. That's their thought. It's not personal. It's a reflection of them, especially if it's something that's mean, for example. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is in a kind and loving space wouldn't say something mean mm-hmm. to anybody. Right. right. Or cruel. Bullies are not in a good space with themselves. And so it's not personal. They're going through their own whatever demons, their own hell, their own whatever they're going through, their own insecurities that they're projecting out onto you. Attacking you is easier than feeling whatever they're feeling inside of them. And so you just coach yourself and, and, you know, say something like it's not personal and it's not true. And if it feels like there might be a thread of truth in it, then look at that. But you don't have to judge yourself for making mistakes or for not being perfect. You can just see if there's anything that, like, check in. Is there anything here that I could work on or that I want to change? Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't. Maybe I made a mistake, but I still don't want to change. And that's okay, too. But just, like, offer yourself love, you know, and just be aware, I think, of that inner child in you that's reacting mm-hmm. and be the adult that you wish you always had around that just holds you in their arms and says, honey, I love you no matter what. Even as you were describing that too, um, I kept thinking about if I could deliver a message to a younger version of myself, I think part of that message would be like, just hang in there. There is hope that some of the things that you're describing are almost like a practice right? It is something that you develop over time. I know as we're younger, sometimes those things hit harder. And then as we get older, there is a progression of like just coming more into our own, finding our own center, finding the people that do resonate with us and recognize we shouldn't spend too much energy on trying to make the people who don't like us. Once we free up that energy, we can go where we need to be. Yeah, and that it, that it's that it is just kind of this practice, and part of that practice is bringing an awareness to what's happening in the moment too. Like, there was a really beautiful talk at the Buddhist Temple Center the other day about um, an insight that came up in meditation. This idea that we we live in a physical world and it's cause and effect, and certain things cause us to react in certain ways. And I think the example was given of like doing a walking meditation in the sun things start to get warm and the natural inclination is to move into the shade. It's just a, it's just a pattern. It's just something that happens. It's a response to something in the world. And like, as you bring awareness to that, you may still choose to go into the shade, but you can do it consciously like in the moment. And then also too, as you notice how you react to things in the world, if there's something that doesn't serve you, um, bringing an awareness to it can have you react in a different way. Somebody somebody says something insulting and I notice myself internalizing it and beating myself up and telling me all the things I could have done differently and that that's kind of a reaction to an external stimulus. But I, if I bring awareness to it, I could say, oh, I have a choice to react differently here. Uh, maybe this is an opportunity for me to be self-loving or to really look at what's important to me and recognize that I don't need to 
place my importance and my value on the opinion of someone else. And like the more I can bring awareness to it, the more I can choose to do something that actually is self-serving, even in adversity or when something negative is happening around you. Yeah. Uh, You remind me of the quote that you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. And you you don't have to take criticism to heart. You don't even have to respond or react. It can be like, okay, that's your opinion. Like, can we get to that point where we're sort of immune to criticism? And when you talk to people don't like you, um, that's okay. We don't have to like everybody. It's nice to hold universal love for everybody, but we're not going to want to spend time with everybody. And that's okay. Like, go where your heart feels open and safe. And it's not that you can't learn from experiences with other people, but like, you don't always want to be in that position. I I don't, I like to be where, where I feel safe. And the other thing is, we never need to try to convince anybody of our worth. Don't chase people and be like, no, but I'm this really awesome person. No, they, they don't have to think that. That's okay if they don't think that. They don't have to think you did a good job or that you're, you know, like in your case, a good musician or artist. There's plenty of people who love what you do and love you. So don't chase the ones that don't. Who cares? Sounds so easy. (laughs) It sounds so easy, right? Right? Yeah. What happens when when that when people are critical? I think you can. I can feel it physically when it happens. My stomach starts burning, and I get this almost like a flush through my body. It's like a fight or flight thing, and that's when you breathe. And you know what? I spend a ton of time. Well, not a ton of time, but (laughs) whenever I'm like in a position where I'm, I see a mirror, I always smile at myself. I always say something nice to me. Like, even if it's just, I love you, Pat, you know, or whatever, you got this, or it's okay. Or, you know, like I, I talk to myself in the mirror. So like when something like that happens, I can see that in my mind's eye. You're okay. One thing, my friend who told me about the disclaimers, he helped Mm -hmm. me grow a lot uh, emotionally. One thing he said that was so helpful to me too is there's never, there, there's nothing about you that is unlovable. Imagine somebody saying that to you, how that frees up your life. There's nothing about you that's unlovable. There's nothing you could say or do that would make me stop loving you. That's incredibly powerful message. It doesn't mean I like every single thing you do. Right. But I will never stop loving you and being a supporter of you. Right. We can do that for each other. Like We can do that for our kids. We can do that for our friends and our partners and our families. Like, we can do that. I think a lot of this does speak in my mind to some of the tendencies that we have within this paradigm, within our cultural, you know, the messages that we've been given that have kind of turned turned us to a place of looking outward for validation in so many different ways. Like this is kind of an aside, but the other day I went out for a free hugs event with with a friend who was hosting it. And we stood in a art garden where they were doing an art festival. Basically Uh, we stood with our free hug signs and I really didn't know I was leaning into my discomfort in doing this. I didn't know what it would be like, but about 10 minutes in, I was like, this is great. 
I mean, for so many different reasons. One, there were people that were coming up and giving and getting hugs, you know, and and um, and just noticing these are people I probably won't ever see again. And yet here is this opportunity that I've created simply by holding a sign for like these moments of like real connection. And they didn't have any expectation outside of the moment. There was no like, oh, we're going to be friends now or, or anything. It's like these people are going on with their lives. But there's just this moment of like true human connection and support and seeing seeing ourselves and divinity and others. And, um, and then also to notice, which was unexpected for me, what, what my internal reactions were when people did look at us, like, what are you doing? You know, this, what, what the heck is this? Like, um, bunch of hippies, you know, <laughs> but, but it's like there, there, there were occasionally judgments, but instead of like internalizing them and thinking something was wrong, I was just like, I was just noticing because it was what we were doing was pretty, fringe or not something you see very often, it was very easy for me to step back and say, there's nothing I have to take personally here. This isn't about me. It's mm-hmm. it's them it's them having a judgment or a belief about something. Yeah. And then also seeing seeing others who maybe would smile when they saw the signs, but then turn their heads away, like recognizing they didn't want that interaction action that was scary to them in some way or another, but also feeling compassion for that. But like in in every one of those instances, there was this desire on I was feeling for just to let everyone have their own reaction, whatever it was, and that whatever it was, was okay. I didn't have to internalize any of that. I could just witness it and then have gratitude for the ones that did resonate. It was, yeah, it was a really kind of fun and connective experience. And that is the power of not taking things personally. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful because you can go out in the world and just be who you are and you know, shine your light and offer what you offer. And and you also don't have to go into reaction about people who don't like it. You don't have to like be angry or think, mm-hmm. oh, they're they're not nice people. You don't have to make any judgment about them at all. It's just and the other thing I would suggest is getting a t shirt. That way a free hugs t shirt. That way you don't have to deal with the sign. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just have that be a ex- social experiment everywhere I go, for sure. Yeah, love it. I mean, you can cover it when you're not available. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wear layers and then... Um, have a little Velcro closed sign that goes above it. 